1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. A Philly
0: restaurant celebrates a 40 year milestone, and there's another one of its kind on the way. We have.
2: Four of these white dogs with a fifth on its we always say like a fifth puppy on its way. Uh, at the it's gonna be a white dog in Chester Springs, which will be opening in twenty twenty three. Plus
0: another restaurant expected this year from Fearless Restaurant Group. And keep it here for the secret to the white dog's longevity. This is a podcast about food in and around Philadelphia.
1: That's a quick, delicious, flavorful bite. It was
0: really hard for me to get into it. Stories from behind the kitchen. This is a wood burning oven from Italy. It is
1: intense. And hear
0: about quirky stuff too a pint of ice cream as quickly as you can, and then resume the 5K. This is What's Cooking on KYW. I'm Hadass Kuznets at the White Dog Cafe in Haverford, 379 Lancaster Avenue, and I'm with Sydney Grimm's Director of Business Development with Fearless Restaurants. So we are talking about the history of this group of restaurants, the White Dog, which is now celebrating its 40th anniversary this month in January. So Sydney, can you just remind us, give us a little bit of the history of the White Dog.
2: Absolutely. So White Dog Cafe was founded in 1983 by Judy Wicks at the White Dog in University City, located on 34th and Sansom on Penn and Drexel University's campus. So people in Philadelphia in general really identify with the White Dog because it's a casual environment. You can really go there for any reason, whether it's birthday, date night, brunch on the weekends, and it's also i would say a institution of philadelphia because it's been around for 40 years not only because it's been around for 40 years, but also because Judy Wicks is a major social and political activist and started the White Dog Cafe in order to support local farmers, brewers, and entrepreneurs, really, and even artists. And that's how the White Dog came to be. So really, uh, what many people don't know is the mission behind White Dog is to support local artisans, brewers, distillers, wineries, and local farmers, and we have stayed true to that mission for over 40 years now.
0: I mean, one of the reasons why it's so popular, the food is good because everything is local and farm fresh.
2: Absolutely. And I think that um, that is one of the things that makes our brand, I would say, stand out from others in the industry. I think that uh, we are not a large corporation. We are a family-owned restaurant group. We have four of these white dogs with a fifth on its. So we always say like a fifth puppy on its way. Uh, at the, It's going to be a white dog in Chester Springs, which will be opening in 2023. But we will always remain a small collection of restaurants that is family owned and operated so when we get our ingredients we're not buying from these really large companies we're buying from small farmers that are local to the area and we even have a woman she's an elderly woman who actually makes our gnocchi out of yeah okay. so really fun so big news, you're opening a new White Dog. That's big
0: at the in uh, Chester Springs at the end of the year.
2: That's correct. So we're opening the White Dog Chester Springs at the Vickers Tavern in, technically it's Lionville, but we, are, we call it the White Dog in Chester Springs because it's the neighboring town. It is a old historic building. John Vicker was an abolitionist and actually the Underground Railroad is in the basement of this tavern. So it's required a lot of going back and forth with historical commission and we're very excited for it to come to fruition in 2023 on our 40th anniversary for a year. Wow. So what do you still need to do
0: since it's not coming for another, I mean, almost a year now?
2: Yeah. So this project has taken me two years already. My dad, Marty, and I have worked with the township to make sure that we are honoring the building. That was really important to us. I think that every white dog is an individual, so to speak. So no two white dogs are the same. All of our menus are different. We do have our signature dishes, such as the burger, the Kenneth Square mushroom soup, the butternut squash soup, items like that, that are the same at these restaurants restaurants, but most of the menu items are different. And what I'm currently working on is all of we I, I a lot of what I do is source decor and art from people all around the country, but even more so locally from flea markets and thrift stores and that kind of thing of dogs. So it takes a lot of time, but it's a labor of love and I love doing it.
0: And you have a designer that's coming to work with you that you're very excited about?
2: Yeah, so my dad actually is has always been a very, very, very uh, integral part of the design process. When I joined the company six years ago, that is really one of my passions is design and architecture. And I'm really s- stoked to work with Stokes Architecture, no pun intended. We've been working with Stokes Architecture and Design on our latest project.
0: Tell people why they're exciting, what they know them from.
2: So, um, Stokes has worked on projects such as Soraya and Fishtown, Park, The Dandelion, La Diplomat down in DC. So very common. You would know. You know, star restaurants, and that's what he's. What they they have worked on before. And
0: Soraya, yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Soraya is just so wonderful. It's actually that is uh, one of my favorite restaurants in Philadelphia. Yeah, and it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous, and we were actually up in a competition with Soraya with my concept Louis Louis that I worked on with another designer Kate Rowe in the Philadelphia area, and we actually got. Voted ahead of Soraya, which I was really thrilled with for best design back in 2018. So, um, but very excited to work with Lance and the Stokes architecture team.
0: Okay, so when did you come in? You and your dad came in, you bought it from Judy. Tell us about kind of the history leading up to today, and also take us through, you know, the steps. When did White Dog Number Two open, White Dog Number Three, where we're at?
2: Absolutely. So White Dog, again, was founded in 1983 by Judy Wicks, a social and political activist. Marty, my dad, bought the concept in 2007 because he really saw this as a very incredible concept, very ahead of its time, being that it was, so to speak, a farm-to-table restaurant, but even more so. It was much more than just farm-to-table. Why Um, was Judy selling at the time? So she really wanted to focus on her activism, and she was looking for a small mom-and-pop restaurant group to come in and buy it. And at the time, we only had four restaurants. So when we uh, purchased the concept from Judy in 2007, Judy still remained very involved from a social activism basis. And what I mean by that is we actually drew up a contract with Judy to honor everything that she had created the previous you know, 25 years at the time. So one of the items such as fair trade coffee or recycling oyster shells to go back into the Chesapeake Bay, buying all of our beer within 300 miles of the restaurant, only buying humanely slaughtered meat, which was incredibly. Important to my dad and I, and we're buying from local butchers and local farms that are raising their cattle in Pennsylvania. So I think that it's really um, things that people don't know about White Dog, but uh, but is a very important part. So that was back in 2007 when we purchased the concept. Judy chose my dad because he was a local entrepreneur, and that we always wanted to keep the concept really special true to their original meaning and what she had created.
0: Okay, when did the second and the third?
2: So the second White Dog opened, it was the White Dog Cafe in Wayne, which is around the corner from my parents' house and where I grew up. So that opened in 2008, 2009. And then White Dog Haverford opened in around 2015. From there, we opened the White Dog Cafe in Glen Mills during the pandemic. So that was in uh, September of 2020. And that was probably one of, it was a easy concept to open because we kind of have this idea, we really know the brand very well of sourcing from Local people, knowing artists in the area, but it was very difficult, obviously, because it was during the pandemic. Uh,
0: Yeah. I mean, for anybody that opened during the pandemic, a lot of people were pushed back. A lot of, uh, you know, it was hard to source things, it was hard to find employees. Now, as you're thinking of head to the fifth one, is it still difficult to source items, to source foods, to get employees to work?
2: I would say that last year, 2022 and 2021 were incredibly difficult. I'm really seeing a reprieve at the end of 2022 with supplies and employees, but I would definitely say that it probably held our project up in Chester Springs for about a year just due to that, especially inflation on construction. That's been a, a large reason why it's been so difficult to open. Mm. What are you
0: excited about with this 40th year and then the opening of a a fifth, White Dog. So
2: I think my it's really almost a pride. I'm proud to be a part of, one, Fearless restaurants, but more importantly, White Dog. Uh, to be a part of a brand that has been a really an institution in Philadelphia for 40 years is pretty incredible. We have a retail website online, and what's really cool is I can see people from all around the world buying White Dog products. And it just goes to show that people who have gone to university within the area or been at the hospital system, either CHOP or, or HUB, you don't really know the brand. So I think for the 40th year, what I'm really looking forward to is a successful fifth opening at the White Dog Cafe in Chester Springs and hopefully looking for our se- our sixth location because at the end of the day, it does take about two years to open our- these projects. Oh, wow. All right. Any promotions you want to talk about? Anything that is exciting for you? Right now, what's exciting for me? Um, I would say that aside from the White Dog in Chester Springs, it will be the Rosely in Glen Mills. So that's right in the Britain Lakes parking lot, right across from our White Dog in Glen Mills. So that will be our second Roseley location which is an Italian soul food concept that will also open at the end of 2023. So I will be having twins in 2023, but it's, uh, it'll be well worth, the, uh, well worth the exercise, and I'm very excited. Nice.
0: How, how has the white dog evolved over the years? I mean, 40 years is a long time. That's longevity in this market. I mean, you might as well say forever in, in restaurants.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I remember going to White Dog back in the early 90s as a kid. And for me at that time, I remember walking in to White Dog and thinking, oh my gosh, this looks so much like my grandmother's house. And I think one of the important parts with White Dog and something that we've really worked on is our decor, our design, really elevating it to the next level, creating spaces that are interesting, that bring entertainment. Hospitality at the end of the day is what my father and I do and what we what we've trained our entire careers for is just making people feel special. So I think we will continue to do that. I think that over the 40 years of White Dog, I think one of the the biggest things that we did was bringing a level of professionalism to the concept. I think for a long time, it was um, just a fun mom and pop place to go. But I think that we have brought a level of expertise when it comes to service, when it comes to making people feel special, the hospitality element, and really carrying on Judy's wonderful legacy that she started and paved the way with.
0: What kind of an influence do you think that the white dog had on the Philadelphia restaurant scene?
2: Wow, I think that what Judy started was not even just a part of the Philadelphia restaurant scene. I think it was really worldwide. She had sister restaurants that really followed her mission over in, I believe it was uh, Cambodia. And so there were restaurants all around the country, um, Chez Panisse, Alice Waters restaurants being one of them, that shared a very similar vision and that Judy took influence and influenced. So I think it's not just about Philadelphia, but I think it's the the world or the country as a whole and how Judy um, spoke about growing local economies, supporting your local entrepreneurs, local farmers, artisans that really influence people within our community. So I think that as a whole, uh, White Dog has probably been a much larger influence on the dining scene that people realize, but the farm-to-table movement started with White Dog. Yeah. And
0: the fair trade and the the activism is such a big part of it.
2: Absolutely. Uh, I think one of my favorite parts of what we have done has been just really focusing on how can we source smart. I think humanely slaughtered animals is, I mean, obviously like white dog, I'm totally dog obsessed. So I think when it boils down to animals, I'm not a vegetarian, but I want to eat meat that is humanely sourced. And I think that that's something that we do a really good job of.
0: Yeah. I mean, ultimately, when you look at restaurants that do this kind of work, it is cost-effective to source locally also and to, to get good food on the table.
2: It's actually, it's not cost-effective. It's not? It's not. So it's, it's actually the opposite. So it's much easier to go to these large purveyors like a Cisco or a chef's warehouse and to buy really commodity food. And that's what a lot of restaurants in the area do. And I think that what makes White Dog special is that's something that we we do not do. But with that being said, it does mean that the price of our food is more expensive than your chain restaurant down the street. So I think that there has been, you know, comments over the years, oh, it's expensive something like that. Well, it's yeah, we're we're not buying commodity beef, you know, we are buying beef that is from a family out in Lancaster. So that is humanely slaughtered. And then we know that they are being fed, uh, that they are on a grass, you know, on grass, that they're not kept in pens. So I, I think that with that comes a higher price. Right. All right.
0: Because you're not doing it in bulk. You're not sure. like taking like, care of
2: animals. Especially, I mean, it's the same thing with, you know, kosher meat, right? There's a ne- there's a whole nother layer of expertise that is needed. That's true. And
0: kosher food is a lot more expensive and they're
2: slaughtered exactly. humanely. Yeah. I was actually, I was kosher for a year with my last job and I, I ran a kosher dining, at kosher, it was was a whole thing i worked for this crazy billionaire and, and we uh we ate that's poker. a separate, podcast. Yeah, separate <laughs> podcast but um but yeah w- when you have that level of care put into your food it definitely does make things more expensive but wouldn't you rather eat something that you know that in their last moments of life they're not stressed and that there's a level of appreciation there and i think that that's something that i have always really appreciated about the food at white dog
0: yeah do you feel a difference when you eat it
2: Do I feel a difference? Absolutely. I mean, I eat it every day. Uh, (laughs) But I think that I feel good supporting local families that rely on us as a stream of business, rather than these large corporations in the Midwest that are really, you know, commodity corn, commodity beef that are run by the government, et cetera. So
0: you have great relationships with the local farmers uh,
2: out of Lancaster, you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Green Meadow Green Meadow Farms is a longstanding relationship that we have. And I think that the relationships that we have have been really cultivated over 40 years. I mean, Carol Stout brought her first keg of beer in her car down to Judy at the restaurant and that's how that brewery started. I think we've impacted a lot of different businesses within the area, one of them also being Metropolitan Bakery. So that was one of the bakers from White Dog went and uh, Judy helped support them when they were opening Metropolitan, which is a very well-known bakery in Philadelphia. So there are a lot of businesses that have spun off of White Dog, not just in Judy's time, but also our time as well. So it's been really cool to see other businesses crop up from the the White Dog. And fearless family. And I think that that's something that my dad has always done really well is supporting entrepreneurs. Not saying hey, you gotta live, you gotta work here for your whole life. We want you to go out and we want you to be entrepreneurial, just like like we have. Has White Dog helped women entrepreneurs? Yeah, I th- think they, that that was really one of Judy's focuses as well. But Fearless as a whole, women entrepreneurship is actually one of the things that I focus on as a part of my job. And we have a we have a group which meets almost once a month called Fearless Women's Network, and we throw women focused events. So not necessarily just White Dog, but Fearless as a whole and all. 12 of our restaurants.
0: How can people get involved and get in touch with you and get uh, involved with some of your
2: events? Absolutely. So if you go on any of our Facebook pages, we post all of these events. Um, These events are also located on Eventbrite. If you are looking for the events, they can also go to my Instagram or Facebook, and it's just Sydney Grimm's on Instagram.
0: And what's the search key term? Like, Is it Fearless Restaurant
2: Group? Yep. So it's, it's actually, we call it Fearless Femme. So Fearless and then it's fem F-E-M-M-E-S, FEMS. I love it. That's great. How empowering. Absolutely. Uh, one of our next events is called Galentine's Day. It's one of our like big events that we host for women entrepreneurs, small boutiques, spa, wellness services. And we'll be hosting that at both the Autograph and in Wayne and Louie Louis down in University City in, uh, in February. So you got a lot there. going on. Our next events. Yeah. I, lo- I love our women, women, uh, women entrepreneurship events. Those are my favorite.
0: Do you have a main page, like a main landing page?
2: Fearless Restaurants is a good place to search on Instagram or on Facebook. That's the best place to find it.
0: And if you're looking for the White Dog, the White Dog Cafe? Yep,
2: whitedogcafe.com. All right.
0: Well, congratulations on 40 years.
2: Thank you so much. Yeah, 40 years is a massive milestone. I'm glad that we are just, you know, we're we're a part of it. It was Judy's uh, Judy's original vision, and uh, I'm glad that we've been able to successfully carry it to its next to its next term, so to speak.
0: You don't look old enough to celebrate 40.
2: (laughs) Not yet, a couple years.
0: Uh, Sydney Grimms is the Director of Business Development with Fearless Restaurants. Again, the White Dog Cafe celebrates 40 years in the business this month, this January. So that's a huge accomplishment in Philadelphia and in the restaurant industry in general. So congratulations.
2: Thank you so much, Hadassah. It was great talking to you.
0: That's it for this episode of What's Cooking on KYW. You can follow the show and get other delicious tidbits on Instagram at foodinthe215. And follow me on Twitter and Facebook for more news and insights at Hadass Kuznets. If you have a food tip or feedback about the show, reach out. And please take a moment to help us by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. It helps us to keep making the podcast and get it to new listeners. I'm Hadass Kuznets, and that's What's Cooking.